electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me, 1-800-743-CBC, or tweet me at Jim Kramer. This is starting to feel like a win-win situation. After a day where the Dow dipped 23 points, but the S&P advanced 0.77%, and the Nasdaq pole vaulted 2.01%, more than 2%. There's a new pattern. We can buy the stocks that do well during a pandemic. Buy, 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 buy! The stay-at-home plays. And we can buy the recovery stocks that do well once we get a vaccine. Buy, 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 buy! We have flight from the cities. We buy the home builders. Buy, 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 buy! We have people returning to the cities. We buy the apartments. Buy, 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 buy! We have lots of people currently eating at home. We'll soon start eating out again with the vaccine. So why not buy the packaged food plays and the restaurants? That's why this market's been so robust. If you win either way, why not just stay along everything? Hold on. What's hell? I mean, that's the conventional wisdom. But after a huge run over the last week and a half to where the market's very overbought, after tons of strategists raised their forecast for 2021 dramatically, you know what? I'm going to do some. I'll play devil's advocate, okay? I'm going to articulate a different view. It's a more cautious one because in my whole career, it's almost never worked out that everyone wins. I'm going to say at the beginning again, people quote me incorrectly, I don't think all this is going to happen. But you got to know. you got to keep on your radar screen. So maybe you have some cash. So if this stuff does happen, you can do some buying. First, granted, it's terrific that we can finally see through the valley of the shadow of COVID, at least in the stock market. But, geez, we're seeing an insane number of new infections here uh, to the point where hospitals are soon going to be overwhelmed. Uh, that's undeniable. While we've gotten much better at treating the virus, that's also undeniable. It doesn't help if you can't see a doctor. We're approaching a triage situation. Not good. What can I say? I think this market's being very cavalier about the fact that we're running at more than 130,000 new cases per day. Considering how bad America's response has been, I wouldn't be surprised if that number goes even higher and maybe much higher. 
Too many Americans refuse to wear masks. I get that. People don't think it works. All right. I think it does. They don't think it does. Too many mayors and governors refuse to shut down risky activities. In New York, Governor Cuomo just ordered the bars to close after 10 p.m. We don't need a curfew. We actually need to shut down potential super spreader events like bars and restaurants, period. We know social distancing can work, but there's no political will to shut things down in this country. Everyone's sick and tired of dealing with COVID. Testing and contact tracing could have helped before the outbreak got out of control. Contact tracing is considered too invasive for Americans. And why bother if the odds are going to get better? You know, the odds are you're going to get better anyway. Isn't that really the zeitgeist? Ah, you're going to get better anyway. Statistics show it. It's not the way I think, but yeah, I mean, that's the way I talk. I read, that's what I read, that's what I hear. I'm going to get better anyway. Now, I don't know how to make this any clearer. We are in the middle of a slow-rolling natural disaster. And it's not going to stop until we shut down the bars and the restaurants where most of the contagion occurs. Believe me, I wish we had another alternative. But I owned bars and restaurants. As long as they could serve people outside, we were cool. But now it's getting colder. Indoors, it's too risky. Can't make it work without a radical reduction in seats and an expensive new ventilation system. And most people aren't going to do that. I'm at a loss here. Until our political leaders force bars and restaurants to close, I don't see how we can get this thing under control. I mean, Cuomo's 10 p.m. curfew, that's not going to cut it. Uh, remember, I'm not, I don't want to close schools. I don't want to close businesses. I don't believe in a national lockdown. I think all that's wrong. I'm just saying we've got to find the places where the aerosol, where I call it, the viral load builds, and then we close them if we can't get to ventilation. We can't open the windows. Sadly, we might, have, we might have to wait until there's a new person in the White House who believes that the federal government, not the state, should take action. But that won't happen for more than two months. Uh, nobody wants a lockdown, OK? I just keep saying, stop it with the lockdown. But public health demands that dining and drinking out to, needs to be severely restricted and masks be mandatory. We can't be a phys, physically distant masks that protect you and protect others. I know from my Twitter file that most people don't believe that. But that's not why I don't believe I don't believe them. That's why I set up my own national mask competition, which brings me to the second thing to go wrong. Ever since the press called the election over the weekend, President Trump has doubled down on the idea that he's not going anywhere. Hate him or like him. That's what it seems like. Right. I mean, plenty of people say, don't worry, he can't do anything. It'll be a peaceful transfer of power. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. I think there are a lot of things the White House could do to throw a monkey wrench into the proceedings. Maybe Attorney General Bill Barr finds a sympathetic judge who allows him to seize election materials in disputed states. Maybe that causes the Electoral College to miss its December 14th deadline. Maybe it just causes chaos and uncertainty. Or if you like Trump, maybe it causes pleasure and fun. You could argue, I mean, hey, like I said, I'm pro-Constitution. But I'm giving you the other side of things. You could argue that all this stuff is for show. Biden's got a comfortable electoral vote margin with bigger swing state margins than Trump had in 2016. I don't think the current administration will really try to orchestrate a coup. I mean, there's a good chance they just want an excuse for losing. But by denying the legitimacy of the election and trying to fight it in any way they can, well, they're certainly destabilizing the situation. I don't think they're destabilizing. From the stock market's perspective, that's a problem, especially because I don't know enough people who are taking the president's tweets very seriously, a mistake many made during the last four years. Will this go anywhere? I don't know. I just wish more money managers were worrying about the fact that we could be careening toward a constitutional crisis. Some Republican state legislators have started floating the idea of overriding the voters, pointing their own competing slate of electors to the Electoral College. If any of this stuff happens, I'd expect the Democrats to start pushing back any way they can. But they may not have the law on their side, or at least may not have a judge willing to interpret it that way. I bet you Bill Barr does. This is not encouraging. 
When the president tweets regularly about how the election was rigged and then fires his defense secretary, it sure doesn't seem like he'll be willingly willing to vacate the premises on January 20th. There's no, like, no marshal. There's no eviction process that I know of. I mean, again, likely? No. Real risk? Maybe not. Be prepared for it? Yes. Third major negative. Wall Street loves that this election produced a divided Congress, but the downside is that we probably won't get a stimulus bill that sends some money to cash-strapped states and employees of businesses that do need to close. Our hospitals don't have the cash to truly fight the pandemic. The 14 million people who would be thrown out of work because they're in the hospitality industry don't have expanded unemployment insurance like they did. Whole downtowns could end up like wastelands, at least until the vaccine's widely available, which sounds like a six-month proposition. At least, a lot of places can go under during that period. The vaccine may be on its way. But I expect many companies to fail before we reach the promised land. The hospitality companies with great balance sheets, oh, they'll survive, along with retailers that have a lot of borrowing power. But the others, I just can't see them making it without a stimulus package. And it's going to be tough to pass a major bailout if we're in the middle of a constitutional crisis. Or, again, or a constitutional fund. I don't know. I, I don't want anyone to think I'm biased. I look at it like it's a crisis. I don't know. I struggle. Everything else aside, it's not a recipe for higher stock prices, and it's a recipe for disaster for the banks to strap borrowers if we don't get some stimulus. Of course, maybe we catch lots of breaks. Maybe the virus goes away. You know, sometimes people think it just goes away. Uh, maybe mayors and governors act more decisively to stop the spread and crazier things that happen. But for now, the pandemic's raging uncontrolled, and the next couple of months are looking ugly. I hate to say it, but the Kramer COVID-19 index is back in play if we get one of the nightmare scenarios I just traced out, hence the Nasdaq's big gain today. The bottom line, I am not saying these nightmares or pleasant dreams will all come true. See, I'm trying to be even handed here. They probably won't. But when you're managing your money, you need to consider potential risk factors like a virus that can't be stopped or a constitutional crisis or the possibility that Congress can't pass another stimulus package. None of these is inevitable. However, they're all likely enough that they make me want to raise some cash here, as I did today and told people in my action alerts call. Hey, listen, call me a scaremonger. I don't really care. Go ahead, do it. I, I'd rather be a scaremonger. I'd rather point up the things that could occur so that you don't accuse me of being an ostrich burying my head in the sand. Instead, I'm presenting devil's advocates. Do I think this is going to happen? Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Does this going to happen? I hope not. That doesn't make sense to me. How about this? Oh, I wish it would, but I don't think it's going to happen. There. Okay, wishy-washy enough. Yesterday, we had our special Salute to Service Veterans Day edition of Mad Money. Today on Veterans Day, we have a few more questions from those who have served or are currently serving in the U.S. military. Our first question is from Eric at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Eric. Booyah, Jim. My name is Eric Morale, and I'm a first-class cadet from Woodland Hills, California, and I'm majoring in physics. Now, recently, I've come to realize that cybersecurity is becoming an increasingly important component in overall business strategy, especially with the rise in cyber threats. Now, with this, I shifted my focus to CrowdStrike, which is a cybersecurity firm whose main source of revenue is through subscriptions. Now, considering that, with this business model, do you think it's likely that future growth will continue at the same rate that it's been going at all year, especially in a COVID environment? Thank you. It happens to be one of the best. Uh, CrowdStrike, Palo Alto are my two favorites. Uh, CrowdStrike got a recommendation today. Stock went up a lot. I think it is very, very good at what it does. Uh, but it, it's expensive. But as the longer term, we need it. Okay, our next question is from uh, Grant in Florida. Grant. 
Booyah Jim, it's Graham from Miami, Florida. I served in the 82nd Airborne Division's 1st Battalion, 504th Parachute Infantry Regiment. First, I want to say thank you for being a patriot of this country and recognizing the men and women who served their country on Veterans Day. My question to you is, for the average person who may have two to $3,000 to invest in the stock market, what your advice would be? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for serving the 82nd. Uh, incredible outfit. I think that what I would do if I were a person who had that is that I would put it uh, until we get to $10,000 saved up S&P index fund, uh, low, uh, certainly definitely low fee S&P index fund. That way you've got the diversification that's needed. After that, you can start putting some mad money away in individual stocks, but not until you put that money away first. All right. We've got a question from Ryan at the U.S. Coast Guard station in New Haven. Ryan. Hi, Jim. Thank you for having the crew of Station New Haven on your show. We have a few questions about uh, electric vehicles. We're looking at NIO as a possible competitor to Tesla. What is your take on that company? And what do you think is the right time to invest into it? Well, I think that NIO did, you know, did go from 10 to 2 and then went up to 40. Uh, I worry about Chinese companies. Look what just happened the other day with the Chinese shutting down a big IPO and causing a lot of problems there. I prefer to be in Tesla. I think Tesla is terrific. Uh, by the way, you ought to take a look at Fisker just because we have seen a lot of people like Fisker on the show, and it's worth, uh, worth thinking about. I want to thank you for the question. Thank you for the questions, and thank you for the service again. Market's been robust, so I presented a couple devil's advocate situations that may make you feel, you know what? I'm being a little cavalier. Maybe raise some cash. Can those things happen? I don't know, but that's what people are talking about. Man Money tonight. Can rocket companies continue to ride the wave of home sales boom due to the corona pandemic? I'm sitting down with the CEO after earnings. Then is Ulta on target? I'm sitting down with the CEO after its announcement that it's teaming up with the retailer to find out if you can create beautiful possibilities for both companies. And Lemonade is falling after earnings that look pretty good. Could leave a sour taste for investors or a time to make lemonade out of lemons. I got the top brass. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. 
You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. Home sales may be on fire, but Rocket Companies, the online financial services firm that's the nation's largest mortgage lender, doesn't get enough love. Here's a stock that came public in August at 18 bucks, quickly warmed above 30, before sinking back to the high teens, low 20s. And Rocket remains stuck, even though the company, formerly known as Quicken Loans, reported a strong quarter last night with record loan origination. We're taking a meaningful top and bottom line. BM is I was a pretty impressive beat. A management even threw in a billion-dollar buyback. And what happened? The stock actually dropped 2.5% today. That, frankly, makes no sense to me. So we have to ask, could this be a terrific opportunity that's hiding in plain sight? Or maybe there's some problems here that I can't find. Let's take a closer look with Jay Farner. He is the CEO of Rocket Companies. Find out more about the quarter and his company's prospects. Mr. Farner, welcome back to Mad Money. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. And uh, you've, got, uh, you've got me puzzled, too, on what's going on with the stock. We're super excited about what we're doing over here. And Maybe you can give us some advice on what's going on. Well, uh, first of all, I can't blame you because uh, the the clo- the close value had an increase of 122 percent. I mean, I don't you know you're talking about against last year. The quarter was a was a, a booming economy. Okay, we had unbelievably low unemployment. We had fabulous job formation, and you were able to crush the numbers of last year. How are you able to do that? Yeah, it's all about our platform. I think you know and have followed us for a long time. Our investment in technology almost half a billion dollars in the last 12 months with nearly 3,000 technologists. And that platform allows us to scale. So we were doing about $15 billion a month at the start of the year. And in October, we did over $30 billion in one month in closed volume. And that's just that technology combined with the great brand we've got. And uh, it led to some great closings. I think there'll be probably people out there saying, no, wait a second, Jim. These guys, if they're writing so much, they must, have, they must not be taking care. They must be violating the standards. They must be doing stuff like, two, like 2007. But when I look at the risk that you, you have, when I look at your numbers, and I know you offload these, you have far fewer defaults than, than the uh, average mortgage broker. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I and mean, we, we, Our number one thing here is quality loans and taking care of our clients. In fact, just about 48 hours ago, uh, J.D. Power and Associates awarded us our 11th straight best in client service for loan origination. No one's ever achieved that before. So we know we're doing right by our clients. And then when you look at our loan performance, our forbearance rate, we service over 2 million mortgages. You know, we're in this for the long haul, 35 years here in Detroit, Michigan, uh, founded by Dan Gilbert. And so every decision we make is about our client, our team member, and what's best for the company. And so our loan quality is excellent. We're very proud of it. And yet we're still able to do all of this growth with that loan quality and that great client service. Dan Dan has always thought big. He's a great American. And I understand that you think it's within reason that you can own 25% of the mortgage market. Well, absolutely. If you look at the partnerships we've just signed up, Realtor.com, we've done a much deeper integration with Mint and Intuit. We've just announced another partnership that we'll talk more about in the start of 2021 with a very large financial institution. I mean, we've got all kinds of upside here. We rolled out our uh, Rocket Pro Insights tool so realtors across the country can follow the loans that their clients are are getting to buy homes. We've had over 1,000 realtors sign up the first day alone. We'll have 15,000 signed up by the end of the year. So the upside here for us in terms of how this business is going to grow, we see 25% here by uh, 2030. 
How's the NFL partnership doing? It's great. I, I think you probably saw Larry Fitzgerald on the television yes, set. We've got great spots out there. I was going to ask you about Larry. He's not on my fantasy team, but I say he's fabulous. Did he act? He's fabulous. Did he, did he memorize those lines? I mean, he's like, you know, most of these guys that come on, they're not so good as actors. This guy's great. I'll tell you, I wasn't at the shoot, but my, my chief marketing officer, Casey Herbis, told me he was a pleasure to work with, enjoyable, energy, excitement, and I think just is a great uh, guy to represent our brand. Oh, boy, is he ever. Now, I wanted to ask you about the buyback, a billion-dollar buyback. Typically, you don't have a buyback right when a company comes public. But secondly, isn't that about half the float? Well, you know, we're a little different. We've been in business for 35 years, and we have the, the fortune of, of having access to nearly $7 billion of capital right now. And so... Uh, for 35 years, the best investment we've ever been able to make is in our company. And so if we see stock that we don't think rep- rep- represents the true value of the organization, we won't be uh, shy in buying it back. Uh, we feel strongly about the future, as we've just talked about. And, and so uh, we're going to be opportunistic, as we've always been. I think a lot of people are thinking rates have to go up. I think a lot of people feel that this, ki- this move out of the cities into the s- suburbs can't ke- keep going. But I was on the Horton call yesterday. Horton's pretty good. And I, I go on all the home build, builders calls. And it, it is just in a remarkable time. And, and I think people don't understand that it may be the beginning of an exodus, given the fact that what has been put in place, unfortunately, by the illness is a whole new pattern of the way people live. That's exactly right. When you talk to CEOs, I talk to my fellow CEOs, we think about the future. Great news that it looks as though uh, we may have a, a, a drug on the way to help uh, alleviate the pandemic. But but the changes that are happening in the work environment, we're not going backwards, right? There's no. efficiency, there's better quality of life. And so I imagine people will work in the office part of the time, but they're going to be working from home part of the time. Uh, and that's why home is, is uh, more important than ever. And we don't see that, that changing uh, anytime in the near future. Here. I'm so glad you brought it up, Jay, because one of the things you said at the beginning of your call that was so great was that now home is where you go to school. Home is where you go to work. The home has become a central value proposition, not as, as an investment, but as a way of life. And that means that we want to get mortgages and buy homes more than I've ever seen in my whole life. I think that's exactly right. And, and so even when you look at some of the refinances we're doing right now, so, much, uh, so many of them are cash out and people are remodeling their homes they're adding offices. We don't imagine that will change anytime. And you soon. said fact, 70% of the refinances are, can still happen, right? 70% of the well, mortgages. Yeah, according to Black Knight data, 70% of the folks out there could still save over $100 a month by refinancing their mortgage. And when we look at the refinances that we've done, or all the loans we've done actually in the last two and a half years, more than 50% of those were not tied to interest rate. Uh, cash Amazing. out, purchase, people uh, changing their life situation. So uh, we feel great whether rates tick up or, or tick down. Well, we all want to say hello to Dan. Saw him when he came public. Wish him luck for us. Uh, He's done so much great for Detroit, but for so many people. That's Jay Farners, the CEO of Rocket Companies. Congratulations on a great quarter, sir. Thank you, Jim. All right, Mayor Bunny's back after the break. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Even after the whole retail cohort exploded higher on Monday, Ulta Beauty gave you another monster 7% gain yesterday when we learned that the cosmetics chain is teaming up with one of their what thought to be fierce competitors, although they're not sure about that, called Target. Yes, they're rolling out store-within-a-store concept, Ulta Beauty at Target in more than 100 locations starting next year. It's a brilliant move for both companies. Target gets a new way to differentiate its stores. Ulta gets access to Target's gargantuan customer base. Thanks to this run, Ulta's stock has now rebounded to levels not seen since before the pandemic. Thanks to this Target team-up, they can add a lot of square footage and reach millions more customers. They can effectively put up dozens or maybe even hundreds, ultimately, of new locations while spending a lot less money. Now, the stock pulled back today, so we have to ask, is it time to buy into weakness? Let's take a closer look with Mary Dillon, the CEO of Ulta Beauty. Find out more about this game-changing Target partnership. Ms. Dillon, welcome back to Mid Money. Great to be here. Thank you, Jim. Mary, it's great to see you. First, before we get into the benefits, why don't you just tell us about the details and the economics of the store-in-store, how it works. Well, first of all, think about this as two retail leaders, Ulta Beauty and Target, coming together to delight guests and to provide great paths for brand growth. So the way that this will work is think about an Ulta Beauty within Target, the look and feel of Ulta Beauty with an elevated prestige uh, image. Uh, will be have a curated selection of brands that are emerging and established prestige brands across categories like makeup, skincare, hair care, and fragrance. There'll also be consultation areas and discovery zones. So it'll be staffed by a team member who's highly trained in beauty. So guests are going to have an opportunity to just get a whole new way to learn about and experience beauty at Ulta Beauty at Target. You have an amazing loyalty program and you have a fabulous website. I imagine that this initiative will also get you into a whole new group of customers that don't know Ulta. Yeah, that's the exciting opportunity. You know, between Ulta Beauty and Target, we have 100 million people active in our loyalty programs, Ultimate Rewards and Target Circle. So it gives millions of new guests an opportunity to experience and learn about brands. And we know that guests are excited about this. The combination of Ulta Beauty and Target, 9 out of 10 guests are saying they love this idea. So it'll be an omnichannel, seamless experience in the store. There'll be an Ultra Beauty within Target on Target.com. And, of course, we'll be able to fulfill through the many wonderful investments that Target has made in same-day fulfillment. And for Ultra Beauty and our brands have a whole new host of guests that get to learn and experience and grow with us. Now, we know a couple quarters ago you had to have a bunch of stores closed because of the way the government worked. I don't expect a kind of nationwide lockdown, but uh, Target was regarded as an essential retailer. So no matter what happens, it seems like that you will have good stores open and a good line of communication to a lot of customers. 
Right. Well, obviously, Target's an amazing partner for us. They are a loved retail destination. Our companies share so many cultural values together, which is super important from a partnership perspective. And yes, our stores are fully open, and we expect that to say, to say the case. We have very safe shopping experiences. But think about this as a whole new way for millions of guests to learn about beauty through Ultra Beauty at Target. Yeah, and people might say, well, how did this come together? I, I do know you were on the board uh, of Target for a very long time. Culture is very similar. I'm sure you learned a great deal from them learning from you. So this is a, a natural thing for you and Brian Cornell to come together. Well, I'm thrilled about it. Brian is is a retail leader and a friend. Um, our companies share deep values that are about guest-centric, about our, our, our team members and our stores, that are about our communities and about diversity and inclusion. So that makes for a great foundation for a partnership. But I would say we are also two CEOs that are always looking around the corner, looking at opportunities for guests and innovation to lead. And so the partnership we think is just perfect. And our guests are going to be very excited about it from what we've seen so far. Our president-elect is a, uh, a great believer in masks as a way to be able to tamp down the illness. Uh, masks, unfortunately, do create uh, problems with skin care. Uh, so skin care is ascendant, including the best skin care. Uh, I look, we looked at uh, the website of Target. They do not have the highest. Uh, they do not have the prestige brands that you have. So this will be a chance to expose Target people to brands they otherwise would not have. Well, exactly. We're excited about being able to bring new brands to new guests and the ability to try and learn. Um, skincare, as you said, of course, is very important right now, but as is makeup and hair care and fragrance. So we'll have great brands across all of those categories for guests to enjoy and discover. Now, you've talked about the holistic initiative to provide guests greater choices and transparency. You've got strategic uh, uh, partners in place, but you've got real issues key pillars. I want you to tell people what those key pillars are, because I think they represent a different message from what some people who might not have uh, uh, known about Ulta from before you were at Ulta. So key pillars in terms of our partnership, Jim? Well, I'm talking about clean ingredients, cruelty-free, vegan, which I I think these things are incredibly important. When I told my vegan daughter, for instance, about this, she did not think that that was Ulta. She goes, that's not Ulta. I said, that is Ulta. Yeah, so we've just launched an initiative that we call Conscious Beauty at Ulta. We're very excited about it. It's really about bringing together and curating what guests are looking for, whether it's clean ingredients, whether it's uh, vegan, whether it's cruelty-free, or whether it's sustainable packaging. So that is an initiative that is just coming to market now, that just like your daughter, there's many guests that are very interested in those pillars and that way of shopping. And we're just trying to make it easier for the guests to, to discover and get what they want. And then one last thing, I saw some analyst, I'm not going to mention who he is, he's a J.P. Morgan named Horvers. Uh, he says that there's too much, there's a cannibalization. But when I looked at the map, I saw almost, I saw tremendous number of areas where there isn't one within five, six miles, which does matter. And that I saw 25% where there's no cannibalization whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are committed to building this partnership for the long term that drives growth, incremental growth for us and for Target, and most importantly, to be in places that guests can now discover Ulta Beauty within Target and brands that perhaps they haven't discovered before. So we think there's plenty of opportunity for us to to really bring this this concept to life, and we're excited about it. Very excited. I don't blame you. I think it's really in the next chapter, and it's just a fantastic team up. Uh, congratulations on getting it done, Mary. It's really a big deal. Thank you. That's, that's Mary Dillon, CEO of Ulta Beauty, ULTA. When I saw this, I said, this is easily worth 50 to 75 points. It's not done. Man, money's back after the break.
do with the high-flying IPO stocks from the class of 2020 after all the upheaval over the past couple of weeks? Take Lemonade. No, it's not a drink. It's an intriguing company that's using technology to shake up the insurance industry. This one's a puzzle. Lemonade exploded higher out of the gate, surging in 96 in July. I told you it was too expensive at those levels. I wanted you to wait for a pullback, perhaps below 60, which we promptly got a month later. Lately, Lemonade's been bouncing between the high 40s and the high 60s. Last night, the cut reported what seemed like a terrific quarter. A big top and bottom line beat strong guidance, but it didn't seem to matter. Stock actually sold off, plunging 12%. Honestly, I'm not sure what to make of this move. The quarter was very good, but don't take it from me. Daniel, uh, let's check in with Daniel Schreiber. He's the co-founder, chairman, CEO of Lemonade to get a better read on the results and where the company said it. Mr. Schreiber, welcome back to Mad Money. Wonderful to be with you, Jim. Okay, so the last time we talked, Daniel, which, which really wasn't that much long ago, you were renters and homeowners. Uh, now, in three months, you've added a couple of very tricky, very tricky insurances. Uh, I guess uh, kinds of insurance is the way to say it. Pet insurance, which I've always felt is way too expensive, so don't get it. And term insurance, which I always felt was such a bargain that I was beating the, beating the insurance company. How are you going to make those work? You're right. So it's been three months and the company is kind of a different company and we're seeing some amazing dynamics. So Pet already launched. And despite your view on this, actually Pet is a fabulous insurance product to have. People today love their pets. They, they feel like pet parents. They, the worst thing is if something happens to them, they need to give them treatment and they haven't got insurance and they can't afford it. So I think it's actually a really wonderful form of insurance. And we launched it just three months ago, and it's really off to a roaring start. So we've seen sales much stronger than we anticipated. Uh, efficiencies in terms of marketing took us three years to get to where we are in pet. took us three years in renters. So we're seeing tremendous dynamics, and about 60% of our policies are going to existing customers who suddenly pay us four times more premium because pet insurance is more costly than renters insurance. So you see a 4x increase in premium with no cost to acquire the extra premium on our part. And we hope to see in life a similar dynamic. In general, our whole business has been predicated on this idea of acquiring amazing customers young, delighting them, and then growing with them. Pet hits that, term life hits that. Well, you just use uh, two terms that I think people don't understand. One is that you've got wallet. Once you get that wallet, you do well, but delighting? I mean, your insurance company. How do you delight? I mean, I don't like, I buy insurance company, I don't even want to know them. That's where our opportunity really is. Um, we've been in market only for four years. JD Power just ranked us the top insurance company for renters insurance in the United States. And there are several thousand insurance companies in America. So we've really put a lot of focus on being customer centric, putting the consumer in the center, using technology to give them the best prices. They can buy insurance in 90 seconds. We pay claims in as little as three seconds. If that's not delightful, I don't know what is. So how many middlemen do you cut out? I mean, for term insurance, for instance, <laughs> I've always known that people, insurance people don't want to sell term. Why? Because they don't make that much money on it. But that's not your ethos. Your ethos is to get people to do a lot of business with you. So you probably aren't losing money on term. No, and we yet to launch it. We announced it just today and we'll launch it sometime in the next 90 days. We haven't given a precise date. But you're right. That's the beauty of technology, isn't it? That you can give people a superior experience while cutting out costs, crushing costs while delighting consumers. And if I'm paying you claims in three seconds, you know that humans aren't in the loop, but you're not going to feel the lack of them, are you? You're going to be thrilled with that. So, so many industries are being disrupted. I think that insurance is the single most disruptable industry on the planet. And it really is 
Um, so powerful when you can build an insurance company from scratch using a digital substrate. All of these benefits accrue. Now, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but I was talking to my staff. I said, do we really want lemonade on? I like the guy, but does anyone, does anyone know lemonade? I figured that people were going to say, well, listen, Jim, no, what, what are you talking about? I'd say the majority of my staff uses lemonade. How did they find out about you? Well, first of all, thank you to them for their business. I'm so happy to hear that they're using it and that they're happy about it. Look, with the results that we just announced this quarter, you know, it's a pandemic and all of that. We just doubled our business year on year. So Q3 this year to Q3 last year, our gross uh, earned premium more than doubled while our losses, and we are still losing um, money, halved in terms of losses per dollar of gross earned premium. So we are seeing these dynamics of fast growing top line, tremendous efficiencies and increasing profitability into the bottom line. And it really is through the delighting of consumers. So all of those folks that you asked about Lemonade and they put their hands up, they tell each other, they get a good experience, they pass it on. We are maniacally focused on delighting consumers and we think a lot of benefits come out of that. One of them is lower cost of acquisition, higher retention rates. In fact, our spend on sales and marketing this quarter was 25% lower in absolute terms than the same time last year, even though our business is twice as big. So you really start seeing that feedback loop kick in, better experiences, more delighted consumers, lower costs, higher retentions. You start seeing the flywheel spin. Okay, so I have to tell you, Daniel, uh, I don't like to look at the stock price when I read uh, the quarterly reports, when I read the shareholder letter, when I listen to conference call. I don't like to because I don't let, let that interfere with my thinking. I read it. and I said, this stock should be up nicely. And then I read one of these analysts said, listen, it's not up because approximately 33 percent of the IPO lockup will expire tomorrow. And I say to myself, what happens if they don't sell? Because then you're going to find out what the true stock is. We don't have any insight necessarily about how much is going to be sold. But I can't imagine everyone's going to want to sell at these prices. And, you know, you and I have discussed this before, but we are all about the long term. We are still a small insurance company, a young uh, IPO company. We're talking about building for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. We're not really thinking about this quarter to quarter. So, yeah, the stock does its funky things. We'll let the stock market do what the stock market does. Our eye is on the prize, which is building an iconic 21st century incarnation of what an insurance company should really be. And I have to believe someone who starts as a renter uh, in a one bedroom might move now to the suburbs, as we're seeing when we're talking to Rocket Mortgage, uh, and then takes a new policy. Maybe they buy, then they get a pet and they take the pet policy. Then they realize they're about to have children and then they take the term policy. So the, the runway is pretty clear here. And let me tell you what that translates to in terms of numbers, because it will blow your mind. Usually when we think about um, subscription-based businesses, think Spotify, Netflix, an upsell might be 10%, 20%. That life cycle they just described, somebody will start with a $150 policy on average. Then when they add, when they go to the suburbs, we, we just reported this um, quarter that although our business doubled, the number of people going through the process that you just described, graduating from renting to homeowners, grew 300%. So it's outpacing our growth at large. And each of those customers sextupled their oh, premium. So they went from amazing. 150 to 900. You lay on top of that pet, you lay on top of that life, mm -hmm. you're talking about something like a 1,600% increase in premium. Well, so that, absolutely with no cost. So it's a big deal. That is rather remarkable. As someone who was in sales and taught sales, that is incredible. Daniel Schreiber, co-founder, chairman, CEO of Lemonade. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Jim. And just so you know, a quick note, 
uh, on this one. I've just been thinking. I, I, I remember this is what this is. Lemony is the number seventeen on the uh, CBC uh, twenty twenty disruptor list of the of the fifty. Look at this. Look at these people. Jeff, you're always welcome on the show. Don't be a stranger, all right? CBC Disruptor 50 Summit is one week away. Join us to celebrate the companies on the 2020 list and hear about breakthrough innovations from inspiring entrepreneurs. Visit CNBCEvents.com to see a full agenda and, of course, register to attend. May have money's back after the break. Lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Jerry in Arizona. Jerry. Hey, booyah, Jimmy Chill. Jerry Valencia here. When I ain't watching the show, I'm trout fishing up here in the White Mountains of Arizona. Hey, my question for you is Pacific Ethanol. Too speculative. I mean, we got so many things that, you know, alternative fuel stocks that I do like. Why go for that $5 one? And I got to tell you, this plug power, I, you know, I, I, I am a fan. I wish it would cool off a little so I could re-recommend it again. I need to go to Chris in Florida. Chris. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Excellent. Um, given, given what you said about CVS in uh, mid-September regarding uh, the purchase of CVS and your travel trust, um, what are your thoughts on CVS now that they have, uh, have the acquisition of Aetna? Sure. Well, I gave a talk today uh, for ActionOwnersPlus.com, my uh, Chattel Trust, the, the club call. And then I said the CBS is still incredibly cheap. It's uh, nine times earnings. Uh, new CEO coming in, Karen Lynch. Look, she's doing a great job. She's from the health maintenance side. And I think the stock is just too darn cheap. And they, by the way, are one of the biggest ways if you want to invest in the dispensing of the vaccine. It's going to be from CBS is one of the major ways. Let's go to Charles Oklahoma. Charles. Big Army Hula and Booyah, Jim. 38 years of service, now retired. Proud right. shout out to my son, Jared. Third generation of our family serving as an Air Force Special Operations pilot. That's fabulous. I've done well the last couple years with IDEX Laboratories. Is it time to buy more? I think it's a terrific situation. I need, need to buy more up here at 455. Just stay on. Just continue to stay on it. It's a good situation, and thank you. And by the way, thank you for everyone just talking to service. But IDEX Labs, because I believe in the uh, humanization of pets, it's the number one way to do it. Let's go to Alex in Illinois. Alex. Booyah, Timmy Phil. Booyah. How about the Eagles? Go Birds, first place. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think they got a lock on that on that heat. Um, anyway, so my stock is uh, T-Mobile. What a winner. Oh, my. And it's just going to just continue. I mean, there's a great piece of research out there. They said they could have three to four million new uh, new pages coming up just every single year. I don't know where we find them. Uh, David and I were joking about that this morning. But, wow, T-Mobile is the winner. I mean, it has been an amazing stock. Barbie in New York. Barbie. Hi, Jen. Thank you for taking my call. I have a position in Intel. They've been losing their innovative edge, and in light of Apple recently parting ways with them, what are your thoughts? Buy, sell, or hold? What, it said one Intel? Uh, weak hold. Weak hold. Uh, it, it, it's just, why not buy some AMD? Honestly. Uh, AMD is one that's also not, I mean, look, they, they went with their own chips, and I think Apple owned it. Don't, don't trade it, but AMD's down a lot. I think that's a buy. You need to go to William in Texas. William. 
Jim. Thank you for having me on the show. Of and, course. Uh, and your support for the military. And a quick shout out to all those that are serving or that have served. Uh, my question tonight is on Holly uh, Frontier uh, Company. I guess. Yeah, my problem with Holly Frontier, I just don't want to own any, I don't want anything oil and gas. I certainly don't want the commodity of refining. It just doesn't make enough money for me. I need to go to Justin in New York. Justin. Yes, sir. You're up, Justin. How you doing, Jim? How you doing, Booyah? Booyah. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering your thoughts on uh, XPEV and how it might perform in the, in the new year. Um, I just am so wary. I mean, look, I've been recommending Alibaba, which did come back, by the way. And it was down 20 points this morning and came all the way back to positive. But it's the only Chinese stock I'm recommending. And uh, I just feel that the electric vehicle space, if you want to be in that, you go in Tesla. Uh, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TG Ameritrade. Could Apple be more misunderstood? Take yesterday. Company revealed three new computers, MacBook Pro, Mac Mini, MacBook Air, all with Apple-designed processors that will give them much longer battery life, 18 hours for the air, in response to the market shrug. Hey, that's insane. I don't know about you, but if I get even three hours of battery life out of my PC, I'm thrilled. I live in fear of my battery running out. Before the pandemic, I was always one of those people sitting on the floor of the airport, desperately grabbing some juice before the flight. Now these new machines might not be enough to move the needle on their own. Apple's got too much cell phone exposure. But PCs are a high category right now. They currently got roughly 10% market share, though with much more uh, energy-efficient models. Uh, That could go much, much higher, that share. They're basically taking everything they've learned from making chips for phones and applying that to the PC. That can give them a real edge over the rest of the industry, as nearly every computer runs on less efficient processors built by Intel or AMD. And now we've got all the stay-at-home people who want to go to school on their PC. Hey, I I want a longer-term one. I love the new computers. I love that Apple refuses to make low-end commodity products. They stick with quality, which is why they have one of the highest customer satisfaction rates I've ever seen. Then there's the watch. Hey, I'm jealous of anyone with the latest iteration because it just keeps getting better. I know so many people who told me they didn't need a watch. They could see uh, uh, the time on their phone. But it's not really just a timepiece, for heaven's sake. I have people who realize that they could be on the verge of a heart attack thanks to the health features. And don't even get me started on the iPhone 12. Last Saturday night, my wife and I went to an eight-person birthday party. Don't worry, everyone had to get tested first. And there was this cool neon palm tree behind us. I gave a friend of my iPhone 11, I said, hey, take a picture of me and Lisa. Uh, I thought it was great until my friend took the same picture with the 12. The difference was astounding. And that's not even the best part. The best part is that this one's 5G. Still, you don't hear many objections to Apple the company. The real problem is Apple the stock, which trades at nearly 30 times earnings. How the heck can we pay that much when not that long ago is it 15 times earnings, we hear the wise people say. Simple. Apple used to be a hardware company, a gadget maker. Even if they made the best gadgets, nobody pays up for tech hardware anymore. This is 2020, not 2005. So what changed? Apple's not just about the the hardware anymore. They're now a vast service revenue stream. Think about all the ways you get you, they get you, frankly. And they, they usually, the bill comes up at like 2 a.m. Uh, Apple TV, Apple Music, uh, cloud backups of your photos, uh, the credit card. And uh, of course, they take a sizable cut of everything they sell through the App Store. I don't mind. I've been saying this for years. Apple's less of a gadget play and much more like a consumer packaged goods company. Tons of recurring revenue. Does it make sense to pay 30 times earnings for those? I don't know. Apple's only a little more expensive than Colgate or Procter. It's cheaper than Kramer Fabe McCormick, the big spice company. That's right. It's cheaper than this. 
Stop asking why Apple's so pricey for a hardware stock and stop and start wondering why it's so cheap for a company with such a fabulous annuity stream like a Costco with its membership fees or Netflix or even Amazon Prime. Costco sells for 38 times earnings. It's a retailer for heaven's sake. But it's a retailer with a huge recurring revenue stream like Apple. Wall Street always pays more for sticky re- recurring revenue streams. That's why Apple's been a huge winner. And I think it's got even more room to run. Throw in a new president, it'll be less hostile to China, and where Apple does a ton of business. And I think you got a great story. So I'm going to say it again. When it comes to Apple, own it, don't trade it. I'd like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.